0: What's going on guys? Your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I am your host Josh Prep Prepikina and we are back baby. We had an event last week but all roads led to this week and I'm really really excited to talk about it. Um, But before we get into that Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time here, if you've been here before, I appreciate you, and I'm so happy to finally uh, win your time, I guess we could say, Um, but I have a strict rule. Uh, This is my show, and yes, we are the MMA podcast, but I love to talk about Things that are going on in my life and right now it's the story of my fragrance journey so with that being said uh, let's cover that (laughs) and also if you've been here before and I sound a little different um, I'm using my Blue Yeti mic because I wanted to test it out because I have a few interviews coming up Actually, the day you guys are hearing this, I'll be recording them. So I'll be heading to a gym, talking to a few fighters, and uh, I just wanted to make sure we were all good to go with this mic. So, with that being said, let's get into my fragrance journey. So, first, I'm almost positive I spoke about this before, but my scent of the day by the House of Latafa. This is. Anna Abiad Rouge. This is an aromatic, citrus, fruity, amber fragrance. Uh, top notes of Nashi Pear, Kumquat, and Bergamot. Middle notes of Geranium, Cardamom, and Coriander. And base notes of Ambergris, Suede, and Tahitian Vetiver. Um, With the name, if you know anything about fragrances, you can already imply that this, my friends, is a clone of Baccarat Rouge 540, the EDP, and I I sprayed it on 415, 430, around there, Uh, still going pretty strong on my arm, now it is... uh, 942 it's 100% a skin scent which is fine but it's there like I smell it Uh, I sprayed a fresh spray on my hand just to refresh my memory and this is really nice um you know if you've I personally don't have any experience with Baccarat Rouge 540 but You always hear the candy floss, you know, cotton candy. And my wife has Ariana Grande Cloud, which is also, you know, a BR540 clone. And that smells just like cotton candy. But this, to me, it just smells like when you bite into an apple. (laughs) I know that's weird, but that's what it smells like to me. It's just... Like, if you bit into an apple, it's strange. Whatever, I love it. It comes great off my skin. The, the, I'm sorry, the Ariana Grande cloud is a little feminine for me. Like, the cotton candy is a little too much for me. Uh, but this is like perfect. It's like, just sweet enough, but it still has, you know, some vetiver and that ambergris at the base that it just you know solids it up a little bit. It's a little less um feminine. I believe I paid $15 for this bottle. It's a 60 ml. You know, it's not the biggest bottle, but with all the fragrances here, I'll probably never finish it. Um I'm going to tell you the truth, 10 to 15 sprays of this thing I put on, I crushed this when I spray it, just because it's so light, but it smells so good, and I want to smell it, so that's why I make sure to smell it, so that's Ana Abiyad Rouge, that is my scent of the day, Uh, the candle I'm burning at the moment, my wife got me, it's coffee and whiskey, by Bath and Body Works or White Barn, whatever. Um, phenomenal scent. The cologne is getting a lot of hype. Their fragrance of coffee and whiskey. Uh, when I first smelled this candle, I actually smelled the fragrance and I was like nauseated. I'm like, How do, this is gross. And like a few months later, it got a ton of hype, which I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This stuff sucks. But um, whatever, different strokes for different folks. That's the candle. And then my pickup from this week, the loan package that I got, and it wasn't, I ordered it last week. Uh, it was actually from a swap, and this is by the House of Missoni. This is Missoni Wave, uh, aromatic citrus marine scent with top notes of sea notes, Sicilian mandarin, and citruses. Middle notes of lavender, clary, sage, rosemary, and Egyptian pelargonium. pelargonium, pelargonium. Never heard of that. Looks like a flower. And the base notes of vanilla orchid, Haitian vetiver, patchouli, and oak moss. And listen, the hype is real. This stuff is awesome. It is like a a blue scent, met a barbershop scent, and it was just like really citrusy. And like the base is beautiful and smooth. Oh, dude, I love this stuff. I can't wait to wear it in the spring and the summer Uh, it was warm the other day so I gave it a few test sprays it lasts forever Um, phenomenal scent really happy I picked it up and especially for what I swapped for it I won on the deal (laughs) I definitely won on the deal so I have one more package coming in and that I'll talk about next week it'll probably be the last one for a while because i think once my setup over there is full one shelf that's it once that's a little full it doesn't make sense to buy anymore but swapping 100 percent. if i find that it's redundant if it's something that i don't think i'm gonna wear uh i'm just gonna swap it <laughs> if I, especially if i can get something that i do want so that's my fragrance journey uh really, really fun week in fragrance, um, especially with that pickup from the Sony Wave. It is chef's kiss. Oh, actually, I forgot, 100% forgot. Uh, I record, obviously, on Thursdays, so I didn't get to talk about it last week, but I did get in. Oh, wow, I got in a lot. I'm so sorry. I got in so much so because most of my stuff came in on friday so i got from the house of carl lagerfeld Bois de ombre and Bois de yuzu uh 250 mils i paid 25 bucks shipped for both like together it was a steal that i just like bought like a week ago um Bois de ombre is beautiful i cannot wait i wore it already like two times i love the scent it's a beautiful amber fragrance. It's like if you took Grand Soir and turned it down a little bit, made it a little bit more casual. That's how I can explain it. Um, Bois de Yuzu is a great citrus scent. Really looking forward to wearing that in the spring specifically. Uh, I also got in Authenticity Perfumes Barbershop, which is a beast when they guarantee you 12 hours, that's 12 hours minimum. Um, it is 50% oil concentration. It's super strong, super potent, and I like it a lot. It's not my favorite barbershop scent that still is at the barbers by a uh, replica by Mason Margella, but this is a really good one. And like I said, with the swap, you know, it was worth it for me 100%. Even if that is a. 50 mil bottle i think it is like it's fine we just talked about it i'll never finish it i'll never get through it let me just look back and the last one was uh john varvedo's dark rebel rider so i swapped (laughs) my latafa hamra for that which is like this hype beast that i bought really early on in the hype and uh i was sitting on it i'm like i can't wait to the fall and then like somebody put up dark rebel rider and i'm like this is discontinued this guy wants middle eastern let me see if he'll take Hamra because i know i can get it again um he says yeah sure i ship mine i get his it's perfect it's still in the box i ship mine it was really tight seal like super bubble wrapped and it's still broke so i ended up having to buy him versace dylan blue which you're out of fragrance and you know i i like made out on the deal probably still because this thing is discontinued but i still had to put out out of my pocket some money so it wasn't that nice so even though the dark rebel rider is discontinued um I did already have Dark Rebel, and me personally, I think that is the better leather scent. I actually think it's like my favorite leather scent. I like it more than Tom Ford's Ombre Leather, um, the Ombre Leather Parfum, as well as the Ben Sherman Signature, which is like a clone of that. So, so far that's my favorite leather scent. I still need to try something in the realm of like a Tuscan leather. Maybe I'll like that. But uh yeah, Dark Rebel Riders. Only okay. It's not as good as just regular Dark Rebel. But again, that's my and talk for the week. Uh, a lot came in. Um, a lot of stuff that I'm... I'm considering swapping like three or four. Um, And if I can get my hands on like Ministry of Oud. Oud Satin. I definitely want that. I want Paris Corners. um, Santal 33 clone as well. Because. I like this. I like the smell of Santal 33. But. Palo Santo by Cremo, to me, didn't do it justice. Like, I sprayed it on my hand, and I was like, it's not close enough. So I'm hoping that that Paris Corner one is a little closer. (laughs) And Cremo's great for what it is, you know what I mean? But it's not not what I wanted it to be. (laughs) So that's all right. Um, We'll be back next week, and we'll talk about whatever I have coming in at some point. I mean, I ordered it last week and it hasn't even shipped yet. So um, hopefully I'll have it by next week, but at least by the time I record. So that's my fragrance journey. With that being said, let's get into MMA. And wow, before we talk about before we talk about the uh, event from this past week, as well as the upcoming event, dude, MMA Weekly just announced that Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa is booked for UFC 284 in Perth, Australia. That is phenomenal, man. Paulo Costa is so much fun to watch. Robert Whittaker is 1A or to Izzy's number one. So that is a huge, huge fight at middleweight. Wow. That's phenomenal. <laughs> so with that being said, let's get into UFC Fight Night. Grasso versus Adiaujo. <laughs> so... I actually missed the first fight of the night. Where was I on Saturday? Was I doing anything? Oh, I remember now. I was actually... I don't remember. I remember at the end... I think we went out to eat. And then at the end, after the card, I was actually editing a video for... Pastor appreciation so that was cool but i missed the first fight of the night and that was actually pete rodriguez he um ko'd mike jackson in the first round with a flying knee devastating mike jackson was out um i don't expect mike jackson to be fighting in the ufc anymore um we know how he got there and the fact that he's still fighting this many years removed from that is ridiculous. But, hey, that's the name of the game, right? <laughs> Tatsuya Taira, the young stud from Japan, gets it done in the second round against CJ Regara by a submission due to an arm bar. Um, he pushed the pace all first round, you know continuously taking him down and and making him aware of his takedown pressure and at the same time throwing these devastating shots like if any of these head kicks would have landed cj vergara would have went to sleep but it didn't matter because in the second round he gets it done by armbar and uh he stays undefeated at 12 and oh oh that's what i was doing we were uh My wife wasn't feeling that good. So we had people over. I had to take Sadie to my brother's house. And um, by the time we got back from me personally picking up dinner for my wife. I had missed the first fight on the way there. But I did catch Tyra in this next fight on the way back from Kava. If you've ever had Kava, it is chef's kiss just a beautiful beautiful it's it's better than chipotle i'm a fan (laughs) pierre rodriguez one of my standouts from the contender series she gets it done versus sam hughes by unanimous decision not that exciting to be honest but that's totally fine because in the next fight joe anderson brito threw around lucas alexander For all of two seconds. Before dumping him on his head. And rear naked choking him. To sleep. Dude. Joe Anderson Brito. Is so much freaking fun to watch. And they need to give this guy. A big name at 145. Because there's so many fun fights. For him to have. At this point in his career. He's. uh, He's. 27 years old right, he's, he lost to Bill Algeo, but then he destroyed Andre Feely, and destroyed Lucas Alexander, now they were going in the right direction when they booked him against Mel Bagdasarian, because that's a really fun fight, but after seeing him again, and I know this is, you know, Lucas Alexander, all the respect to him, it was short notice, Joe Anderson Brito is a savage, man. And I want to see him against someone up there. Not going to lie. I want to see him up, up. <laughs> Jacob Malkoon does what he does and defeats Nick Maximoff. Not that fun. Uh, Mana Martinez defeats Brendan Davis. That was a pretty fun fight uh, by split decision. Alonzo Menafield knocks Misha Serkinov out. In the first round. In devastating fashion. <laughs> Rafael Asensal defeats Victor Henry. to Todorovic And Jordan Wright have a banger. Before Dusko TKOs Jordan in the second round. By ground and pound. These top three. These next two, like I said, the Dusko Chodorovich and this next one was devastating too. Jonathan Martinez defeats Cub Swanson by TKO in the second round due to leg kicks. That was awesome to see. Something very rarely that you see. But when you do see it, it gets you freaking hyped. That was awesome. I can't wait to see what they have for Jonathan Martinez next And uh, Cub Swanson, I think he moved to 135 just so he could fight Uriah Faber. Um, I'm interested in that. Cub looked good enough before he didn't. And then the main event, Alexa Grasso in her first five-round fight defeats Viviani Arujo by unanimous decision. Um, Not this, like, incredible war. Not this, you know, she didn't dominate her, but she won the fight convincingly, we can say. And uh you know, she's developing. We saw her in her fight before this get a submission victory. I think that was her first one. And uh now we see her go five rounds. So I'm looking for a big performance on a big stage in her next fight before finally throwing her to the bullet <laughs> and uh seeing what happens. Because Alexa Grasso is, you know, extremely marketable. She's beautiful. She's Incredibly skilled, and uh, she deserves what uh what she can get. You know, as far as you know, high profile fights. She's Mexican. She's like I said, marketable. So do that UFC market your fighter, give her a big name in the next fight. But that was UFC fight night. It was a pretty fun one. Like I said, some really cool finishes there. Um, a beautiful submissions. And uh, that all leads. To this weekend. In Abu Dhabi. Oh man. It's so early. But Thursdays are a beast. I'm so sorry. Man. From the Etihad Arena. In Abu Dhabi. Dubai. UAE. UFC 280. Oliveira versus Mahachev this is for the undisputed lightweight title this is a this is what we've been waiting for all year I feel like like we've had a lot of fun fights this year we've had a lot of like really fun you know rounds events as a whole but there's just something so special about this one. I don't know if it's Oliveira, um, you know, coming coming off of his last performance, getting stripped. Uh, I don't know if it's seeing Sterling after his last performance, dude. Sean O'Malley. Let's let's get into this card, bottom to top. Let's let's get the junk out of the way first. <laughs> Calhosa versus Lena Landsberg. Speaking of flyweight, speaking of prospects, Mohamed Mohayev versus Malcolm Gordon. Mohayev is going to have everybody behind him. And I'm looking for a big, big performance out of Mohamed Mohayev here. I 100% think that he's going to get shot to the moon if he can, you know, a highlight reel together during this fight. We have A.J. Dobson versus Armin Petrosyan. Abu Abubakar Nurmagomedov versus Gadzi Omar Gadsiev. That's going to be a fun fight. Zubaira Tugagov versus Lucas Almeida. That should be a good fight too. Zubaira looked like a completely different fighter in his last fight. Nikita Krylov versus Volkan Ozdemir, that is on the prelims. Yes, you heard that right. Mahmoud Muradov versus Kyle Bohayo, the co-main event all-star over here, Kyle Bohayo. Uh, that's going to be a really fun fight. And this one right here. We have the 21-3, and 3, Bilal Muhammad, Listen, since the inception of this podcast, I was talking about Bilal Muhammad. I enjoyed Bala Muhammad. He, you know, he when he fought Jeff Neal, I, I said, this is what 170 has to look forward to. People like Bala Muhammad, people like Jeff Neal. And uh, unfortunately for Bala Muhammad, the run is over because he's about to run into a brick house in Sean Brady Listen, Bilal, I respect you, I love what you stand for, but what you said about Philadelphia was completely uncalled for, I was not happy about it, you're done to me, I will never root for you again, and Sean Brady is going to put you to sleep, 100%, I have no doubt about it, and I'm excited to see it, Sean Brady is an absolute animal. And unfortunately for Bilal Muhammad, he's fighting him at this stage in his career when he should have fought him three years ago. <laughs> so, Bilal, you had it coming. I can't believe what you said about the Eagles. I, I'm appalled at what you said about Philly cheesesteaks. You're done to me. It's a wrap. Caitlin Chikagan versus Manuel Fierro. This is the start of the main card makes no sense why these women are here um but at the same time it's like i understand that the prelims kind of have to finish on a high note to lead into the pay-per-view and you couldn't finish the prelims with Caitlyn chicagan but you can open up a card with her uh she's the gold standard she's a decision machine that i'm gonna delete that you'll never know what i said but <laughs> And uh, she's, you know, to go to the champ, you have to run through Caitlin Chikagan. And nobody has done it in a long time. So if she runs through Manon Firo, I believe with one more fight, Caitlin could be fighting for a title again. <laughs> we have Benio Dariush versus Matuj Gamrot. This is huge of Benio Dariush to take on Matuj Gamrot. Now, when you talk about someone like Gamrot, right? You're talking about like the next coming of 155. Currently, I believe he's like, let's actually go to the... I don't want to get this wrong. Let's go to the UFC rankings and see where he ranks up against Benio Darius in the lightweight rankings for the UFC. So Matouj Gamma is number nine, while Benio Darius is number six. Now, when I think, personally... Of 155. I think of names like matuj Gamra. And and it's crazy that these people have already fought, you know, a lot of these guys, but I think of names like matuj Gamra. I think of someone like Anouman Sarukian, a, a garam Kudralatse, like I said, these guys have already fought, which is crazy. But um those guys are next in line for 155 and for Benil to say hey I know I'm not gonna get that title shot right now but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take on a savage below me and I'm gonna prove why I'm at where I'm at this could be dangerous but this could be the best thing he's ever done in his career so I'm looking forward to it Benil's always in wars he's good on the ground he's good on the feet and he looks like Someone who's works at an office. <laughs> Either way, I'm excited to see it. That is a phenomenal fight at 155. We have the co-co main event. The people's main event, if you would. Sean O'Malley, number 12. Taking on number one, former number one contender. The current number one ranked um, bantamweight in the UFC rankings, obviously, because they do champion, then they do one, two, three. He's number one. His name is Piotr Jan. No mercy, Peter Jan versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. I don't know how this got made, but for some reason, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Dude, Peter Jan could either go crazy here and just blow Sean O'Malley out of the water. Or this can be like a war for three rounds. And Sean O'Malley can come out on top at the end. Or Sean O'Malley can shock the world and knock out Peter Yan. Dude, either way, this is a phenomenal fight. No matter the outcome, no matter what happens, I cannot wait for this fight. Peter Jan versus Sean O'Malley. Make sure you're tuning into that because, like I said, that is the people's main event. In the co-main event, let's not forget what this man did to Peter Yan. Aljamain Sterling is taking on former two-time champion TJ Dillashaw. Um, for me personally, this fight didn't really make a lot of sense because... He hasn't fought in over a year, TJ Dillashaw. His last fight was Corey Sanhagen, and that was a fight that I thought he lost. I thought he needed one more fight, and I think Aljo wanted this fight. And it's one of those things where I'm like, maybe Aljo knows something that we don't. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Aljo has phenomenal cardio. He's good on the ground. And his defense is burned pretty good. Think about what he did to Peter Jan. One of the best strikers in that division. So when you're talking about someone like TJ Dillashaw, who constantly loads up on his shots, constantly, listen, this fight is algermain's to win. 100%. In your main event, this, I don't even know why people are talking about it the way they are. Because I feel, I see this so clear in my head. So clear in my head. And still, the undisputed UFC lightweight champion, Charles DuBronx Oliver. I don't see how you guys could think that this guy's losing this fight. Must you forget... Adriano Martins knocked out (laughs) Islam Mahachev in 2015 Armand Sarukian is the only one where I probably don't understand like how did Armand Sarukian not finish um, Islam but Islam doesn't stand a chance in my brain I just don't get it. I don't get how you guys could even think that. Charles Oliveira is the one. He's the one we're all rooting for. He's the underdog. He's the story that Jorge Masvidal wanted. And we're living it now. And we're loving it. And I don't know how anybody can root against this guy, man. This is a hell of a pay-per-view. That is a hell of a main event. And this has been a hell of a YBE MMA I am Josh Preppigina. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBEMMA Podcast as well as Teespring. Teespring.com slash stores slash YBEMMA Podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Love your mothers. I love your mom. Enjoy the fights this weekend. And we'll see you next.